0: I'm Carrie Brett and this is Shot at Love. When people fall in love, they often forget to factor in finances, which potentially could lead to heartbreak and fiscal failure. Today's guest is Tucker Cohen, and he's the CEO of the app Smooth, which is changing the way couples manage their expenses. Smooth tracks couple spending while you can select the transactions you'd like to share jointly. When dating, discussions around money can be challenging, but communicating about cash sets up boundaries, trust, and commitment. When we come back, Tucker will share what's happening in the relationship world, how younger people today are becoming wealthier and prefer to maintain their independence. He'll also discuss how to take the financial pressure off of dating and why his app is imperative when building a future with someone you love. Because it's all about the Benjamins, baby. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Tucker Cohen grew up in the coastal town called Marblehead, just outside Boston, Mass. He's a graduate of Chapman University in Southern California, and also an athlete, entrepreneur, and investor. He's a 3X founder and 5X startup operator from Seed to Series C. And the current brand ambassador for the electric motorcycle company, Cake. Today, he'll discuss Smoop, the first expense management platform designed specifically for couples. Financial strains are one of the leading causes of relationships failing by simplifying the management of expenses for young couples while helping navigate emotionally charged conversation. Smooth removes issues and arguments around money so it doesn't come in between their love for one another. So without further ado, welcome Smooth Operator, Tucker Cohen.
1: Let's go. You deserve a round of applause. That was amazing.
0: (laughs) Smooth Operator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The other one that we've been singing a lot is like, I like to smooth it smooth it. I like to smooth it smooth it.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Maybe We're we'll do a super smooth super it cool today. I'll tell you that much. Let's go. Anytime I can sing Sade, I'm going to use that opportunity cuz I love her. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually had a high school teacher drive in in a convertible playing Sade every morning. And uh, you know who you are. You might be listening. Anyway, so Tucker. That's a vibe. <laughs> so I grew up in Hingham, which is basically the Selshire version of Marblehead. And I love how our paths have crossed from my good, my good friend, Paul McClellan, who always pulls in the most interesting people. Shout out Paul. Yeah, so th- you're a perfect fit for my show. I'm so excited to talk about your incredible app. Let's, st- <laughs> let's, let's start from the beginning of your career. You first started out in fintech, which is financial technology. Being an artist, I'm not really privy to that term, but a lot of people know all about fintech. And you've worked at many software startups. Can you give the listeners an overview of the early days and how you became passionate about developing this app, which is built for couples?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think you did a great job providing a lot of background. The The funny thing is like, I'd always wanted to start my own company. I have aspired to be an entrepreneur for many years. And when I graduated college, it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to do that, What is it going to be, you know? And there was just a big blank space there. So my my thought process was like, all right, if I don't have something that I want to do personally right now, uh, why not go find another company that's interesting and super early in their, you know, sort of life cycle and just learn from the people who are doing it there? Um, So that's that's how I ended up, sort of just winding up in software sales. Um, I ended up at a company called Seismic, which, yeah, we worked with a lot of folks in fintech. And then from there, went to Turbonomic and then to Drift and then to Breezeway, and then was working for a company called Aereo on a little consulting. And now I'm actually consulting at another company called Brahmin Solutions while I get, uh, get smooth off the ground. And so this has been, you know, like I said, a lifelong aspiration of mine. And the idea for Smooth was really born out of necessity when my partner and I realized, hey, anytime we go on a weekend trip, or even just go out to dinner, or go fill the car up with gas or groceries, you name it, the bills come in. You know, we're venting each other back and forth, uh, sort of constantly, and we were just kind of like, this, this, there's got to be a better way to go about this. Uh and there wasn't. So, you know, we came up with the concept for smooth like that and started, I guess, working on the the business plan and the the prototype over the summer. And now we're actually building it and looking forward to launching it this spring.
0: Awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. I mean, it feels like the culmination of a of nearly like a decade's worth of work, even though it's it's really not. I mean, the but the experience sort of leads into or bleeds into making it possible to do now.
0: Okay. I think it's interesting that you love to study human psychology and human behavior. And that led to your interest in studying how young couples manage their money. Why is modern banking not built for modern day relationships now?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to offend any of the bankers in the audience. But uh, I think they'd have a hard time arguing against this. You know, fi- the the financial services models. Yes, there's like great new stuff out there, like Venmo, for example, uh, that helps. At the end of the day, the banks don't care about harmony in your relationship. They don't care about making it easier for you to wire each other money back and forth or automatically split a mortgage or rent payment or utilities bill, they just don't care. Like they care about collecting fees anytime they can and, uh, you know, holding as much of your money as they, as they possibly can. So I think that's probably, yeah, the, the, the quickest answer.
0: Right. Well, Money causes a lot of stress in relationships. And right before I got on the phone with you, I got a call. My car broke down unexpectedly. It was been no. freezing in Boston. Battery died. I needed a couple of things replaced. I got called with an unexpected hit financially. And I had to send a message to my boyfriend just because I wasn't, we both weren't expecting that. And I'm sure he wasn't psyched to get that text but you have to communicate about money when you're in a relationship. Absolutely. So you're a young guy and you're newly engaged and even though you're in a committed relationship, you have a pulse on what's happening in the world of relationships. Is there anything valuable that you've learned about getting engaged or being in a relationship that that information may be you wanted to incorporate with your new app, or maybe not.
1: Yeah, I think, so one, one of the most interesting things that I've noticed, Carrie, is that uh, millennials opposed to to uh, uh, Gen X are actually, see we're, you know, so people who are my age are driving the divorce rates uh, down, and it's a product of getting married later in life and spending more time in this sort of like incubation period of the relationship where you're still, you know, you're committed by all definitions, but you're not married just yet. And, you know, there are people relationships fall through at that point. Uh, Sadly, people move in together, they move out, but ultimately like, if you can make it through that period and come out the other side, you are way less likely to get divorced. Uh, And along with that, the, These people, you know, who are late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, in some cases, they have managed to live a life independently up until that point. So there's a lot more uh, financial sort of skin in the game on both sides of the relationship by the time they're getting married, Okay. which is, you know, I really think that's that's where we, you know, we're falling right in the crux of like a real sort of hot topic or pressing subject or just a important situation that's it's challenging to navigate.
0: Definitely. Finances and romances if you screw that up or you get derailed there, you it can really change your life in a negative way.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about money, people are going to have an emotional reaction because if you don't have money, it causes a lot of pain. I was talking about this topic with a couple of people and I was trying to separate it from dating, which we will talk about. But as far as couples go, which I think this is really geared towards that moment when people are like six months in and the relationship is, yeah, yeah is serious, and now they're splitting food shopping and Netflix and traveling, and now they're building a life together. And a lot of people now are living together, especially with the pandemic, marriage has been pushed off. And so they're all in it now. You believe that your app will aid couples in a positive way and, and help them navigate highly emotional charged conversations around money. Can you tell the listeners how Smooth can help couples when they realize their relationship is becoming serious?
1: Yeah. I mean, this this is something it's funny because it's like I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you have to split your expenses or you have to split them 50 50 or 60 40 or whatever. It's like uh, that's not my business to, to, to suggest people, you know, how to manage a relationship. That being said, like people are doing this already. You know, there's they're figuring out how to split expenses. They're PayPal, Zelle, Venmo, Splitwise, like people are working. Towards achieving what we're calling uh, relationship harmony, uh, or or financial harmony in the relationship, whatever you want to call it, like people are already doing this stuff, and and our position is, hey, if you're doing this stuff already, why not allow us to help you with it? And we'll help you keep track of it, and we'll help you, you know, sort of set it and forget it, and we'll we'll help you transfer the money back and forth with, um, you know, very little overhead in terms of doing so.
0: Okay, so now let's talk about being in a new relationship and your app being beneficial. Is it this nail down automation? Or what would you say one thing, like it's super quick and easy to use?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because it's a hard topic and it's one of those things that you're not actually talking about money you know, on the surface, you're not on the surface, you're talking about money. But underneath that, you're talking about value to the relationship, you're talking about, you know, what am I worth to this couple to the two of us. And uh, I think being able to just set people up to have that conversation. And and at the end of the day, it is um, a metrics driven dialogue, you know, like it's If one partner is making more than the other, again, we're not going to tell you what to do, but it is probably, you know, it probably makes the most sense to split expenses based on your income. Um, And so, you know, we're providing tools like that already. The app isn't launched yet, but we have a income-based split calculator that just went live on our website. And it's super simple, but it's a powerful tool. You just put your income each partner's income in, and we'll suggest how much percent of expenses that person should split. Now, that being said, every relationship is totally different, obviously, and there's circumstances that impact everyone differently. And so for us, we envision people being able to have a data-driven conversation about this uh, and try and it's going to be impossible to take all the emotion out of it because everyone's relationship with money is different based on their family, their neighborhood, their upbringing, their parents, whatever. Um, And what they've learned along the way, you know, the trials and tribulations of their relationship world. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, we just want to be able to make it a data driven conversation and one that, you know, this is the thing it's, it's a leading it's the second leading cause of breakups and divorces second only to adultery which wow. is shocking. Right. Mm. Um, but, but the, I think what's underneath that is like procrastinating it or ignoring it, you know, and it's like a scab that you keep picking at and don't deal with the right way. Or like, I don't know. It's just one of these things that like the longer you put it off, it just grows and grows subconsciously. And you're like, why is there this like tension or conflict? Like, mm. You know, it's one of those things that is a necessary evil to having a uh, a, a symbiotic partnership because that's what a relationship is. You know, it's a it's a partnership long term. It, it
0: is. It is a partnership. And so, when I think about this, it's true. So when you talk about cheating or financial infidelity, withholding that breaks trust, and that also can. If someone's spending and hiding money or hiding something about their past, and, and I was having a discussion about this with my boyfriend because everything's numbers with him. He's in real estate, so he's, numbers speak to him, where numbers aren't really my thing. Like, I'm, more, I'm clearly an artist. So okay. I provided him the, the data from your deck, and I'm going to read this because this if it doesn't get your attention, it's going to get your attention now. So a typical U.S. couple... These are the numbers, and this is a financial journey of 52 months. In 52 months of splitting expenses, they would spend $4,989 per month, use 10 different bank accounts, and have $259,428 in shared expenses.
1: Staggering.
0: So, so that's really crazy to me
1: yeah it I, it's just born out of necessity like we were part of we were experiencing this sylvia and i were experiencing this typical u.s j- couple's journey like we were uh we were sh- sharing you know upwards of four or five thousand dollars each per month not each but like total per month um and we're just doing these microtransactions back and forth and then the mortgage comes, or the car payment comes, or the insurance comes, or the cable bill comes, and it's like, oh, that one hit my card too, and it's all sort of retroactive, and you know, this this was a hypothesis originally, right? I'm like, I think we're probably not the only ones that are doing this. And I started talking to my friends, and they're all you know married or coupled up, and it's like, hey, what do you guys do? And it's a, it's a funny thing to talk about with people too, by the way. Oh uh, sure, oh sure. Yeah, it because beca- it's like it becomes. I I don't know. I'm a very, I'm a huge Larry David fan. So you go from small talk to medium talk really quick when you ask people what they're doing to manage their finances as a, as a couple, as a team. And uh, nobody really had a great way. Like other than I think the best in class way to do this uh, is, is twofold. One, either you have a shared credit card and you just pay it. You put all the shared expenses on it. You pay it off together every month which is okay. Good. Not great. Or you have a big Excel file and one of the two partners in in your case would be, you know, your boyfriend, he manages the Excel file and then just hits you with an invoice at the end of the month or at the end of every two weeks. And that's manual and time consuming and definitely, you know, is not a fun experience for him. Maybe he loves numbers, but probably not that much. Um, and so then, the more we started to look into it and just do sort of anecdotal feedback and, and uh, have these conversations, we're like, I think this thing has legs. And so then we dug into the relationship data, you know, about Americans. You know, the average American millennial has five different bank accounts. I'm certainly guilty of this, including my credit cards. Um, and then the average couple is spending almost five thousand dollars a month. They also start splitting those expenses at around month six of the relationship. And then they don't join their bank accounts until after they're married and the typical couple's getting married around month 58. So that's how we get that 52 month of splitting expenses. And, you know, a quarter million dollars over the course of, a, of four or five years is it's that's essential. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So it was, it was cool to see the data sort of reflect the hypothesis right away. That's when we knew we were onto something.
0: I definitely know you're onto something. And so your target age group that would invest in using this app are people between the ages of 23 and 38, which is 50% of 96 million people in a committed relationship. So your average users would be 48 million. That's amazing. So how are people receiving this? And, And what is, what's one of the most challenging topics or pushback that you hear from people? around this app?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think overall the feedback has been super good. Uh, it's very reassuring. A lot of conversations and stuff on social media is like, when can I download this? Uh, can I download this? Can I invest? Like, you know, a lot of that type of like really reassuring stuff. Um, I think the biggest challenge or hurdle is that some people enjoy the, the comfort of not talking about this uh, and they, you know, despite the fact that it's creating a lot of discomfort for them subconsciously. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the biggest challenge is just getting people to understand that like one, this is going to be totally customized for your relationship, right? So we're not going to sit here and say, Hey, split everything 50, 50. Like we want, it's, it's a flexible platform that's personalized for each user and each couple because we know they're all different.
0: It's like that withholding that I talked about that happens all the time. Like if you're a woman, you're listening, like you definitely have been guilty probably of like hiding bags from home goods or doing something that, you know, (laughs) you don't want your boyfriend to say. I mean, that's like minor, that's little. We
1: all are. It's like, I don't, you know, if I'm I'm playing video games or something, I don't want to like, that doesn't, that shouldn't go on the shared card.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about. Can you ex- I wanna talk about the privacy features? Cause my boyfriend was like last night, he was like, Wouldn't this be a smoothing on app if you were, you know, someone was drunk at a strip club and accidentally sent the receipt to his girlfriend? And I was like, Oh my god. I'm like, seriously, like this is the kind of stuff that goes through your head. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can we question that? But he Shouldn't was Shouldn't that be but- a cash
1: transaction anyway? <laughs> yeah. what
0: are we were talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he's like could there be some kind of breakdown in privacy that like people could be caught cheating or something? Like, is there anything in there that someone else could, I mean, but let's be, let's be real. Cheating is going to come out regardless and it, and you can't just solely, you can't blame an app for that. Yeah.
1: Don't do that. Just, just best practice not to cheat. Right. Right. If you want to get caught cheating, don't cheat and you won't get caught. (laughs) Uh, But so (laughs) But if you are, you know, we built in technology that'll help you with that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, so yeah. So, but we know privacy is super important. And that's actually like part of this whole trend that we're seeing of of people, you know, less likely or less inclined or doing it later, uh, the joining the bank accounts, because there is no privacy. Once you join a bank account, join your checking and credit card, there is no privacy for your spending habits or the, and even, and like, use it, you know, you talk about it through the lens of cheating, let's talk about it through a positive light of like, hey, I wanna get my sweetheart a, a present, right? There's no privacy there if, I, if I'm if sharing an account. Um, so we've, we've thought about that and we know it's a huge sort of pillar in people's, um, in, in what people want. And so every user will have their own private view, which is essentially gonna be a running list of all their transactions from all their different cards. There's a cool, you know, there's, there's cool, um, value just in having that list instead of having to log into Amex, Chase, Apple Card, Bank of America, Venmo, whatever, you just log into smooth and you see all your transactions all in one place from all those different cards. Okay. So that's that- your private view. And then what you do is you say, Hey, I split this with Carrie. I split this with Carrie. I split this with Carrie. And then it goes from those transactions only go from my private view to our shared view. And you would go ahead and do the same.
0: Okay. So sometimes people are dishonest about their debt. When, and and this was a question my boyfriend had, he's always thinking about my advice to women, which we're going to talk about dating soon. But when do you think people should bring up the financial piece? Oof, That's a hard one, right?
1: That's a loaded question. It is a loaded Um, question. It's, I don't, I mean, just broadly speaking, I think if you're moving in with someone, you should probably learn about that. Right.
0: Well, I, and this is what I was saying to my boyfriend. I said, you know, most people have student debt, or a lot of people do. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's going to be debt somewhere. So, I think people are accepting of the debt, but I don't think, but if you're not truthful, then you can't address the problems. And then. Yeah. That's
1: well, where- let me clarify. Student debt, I think, is a safe space. I think people should encourage everyone to have higher ed. I think, like credit card debt, consumer debt, that's a that's a problem.
0: Okay, so that would at
1: least be something you'd want to talk about with someone you are about to move in with.
0: Right, right, because they'll feel blindsided that they. Oh,
1: then it be yeah, it becomes a it can become a burden. You know, imagine like use use you and I as an example, right? Like we're we're gonna move in together, cool. We're gonna rent a place, uh turns out I have a, like a really bad credit score and we can't get a place. Now you're like, what the heck? And then a year and a half from now, we're going to buy a place and oh, it turns out it can't qualify for mortgage because I have a hundred grand in credit card debt. Right. Yeah. Like how would, how would like, the question is like, what can you do to avoid those outcomes? Right. And there's a saying, I can't remember where I heard this, but it's, it's always stuck with me and it's like easy conversations hard life. Hard conversations, easy life. This is an example of a hard conversation in your relationship at an early stage that is focused on the goal of having an easier life long-term.
0: Right. So if you avoid these difficult conversations, then you're setting up a relationship to be one-sided and then people become bitter or resentful. And then it just becomes and I've seen this both with men and women, and you know the stories of women sending large sums of money to somebody, Nigeria, wherever, or the gas station attendant, or the train, or somebody who's dating someone, a woman who's, like, ultra-wealthy, going on, like, lavish trips. Like, you see it on both sides. You see women paying for men, and then you see men paying for women. So... I want to talk about some real life examples uh, for like newly formed couples. So uh, as far as the women piece go, I want to talk about dating, the early stages of dating, say the first date, for example, and we can't be using the app for the first date because I believe that the man should pay for the first date. So let's talk about, let's talk about that.
1: Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I'm probably, I would, I would fall into the same category. Like, I think, you know, there is definitely still going to be a, uh, beginning, middle and like, end. not end, I mean, it could be an end, but like at the beginning, basically what I'm trying to say is the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. There's stages. There's always stages. And at the beginning of the relationship, you know, of course you both want to put your best foot forward. And this is, like, primal human nature stuff, but it's, like, you know, a lot of times the man wants to prove, hey, I'm a good provider. You know, that's, like, the underlying reason of, like, paying for dinner huh, uh, right. at Barcelona wine bar. Like, it's, like, yeah, I'm going to pay for these tapas because subconsciously I'm trying to prove to you that I can, like, take care of our family, you know, and I can mm. take care of you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, that, the, the, like I, I think we were talking about this before, but it's like, if we went on a first date and you pulled out your credit card when the bill came out, I would I would feel confident in betting that I would never see you again. It's a signal.
0: Yeah. And
1: right. it's a sig- it could be a signal on both sides, too. You know, if I'm like, hey, why don't we split this? Then maybe you know, hey, he's not into it.
0: Right. And I've heard this a hundred times from different people that I help and they're in tears and they're like this guy was awful he made me split the bill like he made me split like chicken fingers it was like six bucks like there you know, i mean
1: there's a line that now now you're just stingy
0: you know that's just like <laughs> cruel like you can't you gotta go halvesies on chicken fingers buffalo chicken fingers like come, on. <laughs> come on, Hopefully,
1: hopefully whoever this is knows that they dodged a bullet
0: How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams, Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and wanna take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it, and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success, and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett, and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. There's uh, that kind of stuff that happens. But it's hard for women who don't feel very good about themselves to hold their value and just receive that, you know? Right. And, I, and right. I really encourage people to do that, that don't take the job away from men. Men want to be that provider, like you said. And, and you, you mentioned to me earlier, you know, you said the days of madmen doesn't exist anymore. Like the woman in the house coat kissing the husband goodbye to go to work. And both people are hustling and both people are making income and it's human nature to want to contribute, but that comes a little bit later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it comes in like the second or third stage of the relationship after the quote unquote courting phase sort of moves on where you get to know each other. Um, You know, you're spending most of your time sleeping at one or the other person's house. Maybe you haven't moved in yet. But you're like, hey, we're going out to dinner or lunch or breakfast three times, three, four, five times a week. Like, this doesn't scale. I mean, in some cases, it certainly does. Right. But those, I think, are anomalies.
0: But I like how you said that, like, if a woman tried to whip out the credit card to pay, you're like, I'm not going to go out with that other person. I'm not going to go out with them. Like, that's.
1: No, it's not. But it's not even like, I don't want to. It's like, by her doing that, she's signaling to me that we're not going to do it again, that we're not going to go out again.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. That's really
1: interesting. Actually. Yeah. And like, even to like unpack that, I'm just thinking about this on the fly, but it's like, there's almost like, I don't know. It's weird because it's almost like, you know, she, like, let's say you do that to me, right? We go out, you pull out your card. You're almost saying to me, I don't want.
0: Even your money.
1: I don't want to be indebted to Tucker because he paid for my meal tonight and then feel like I have to go out with him again because he did that. So instead I'm just going to pick up half of the bill. He doesn't, I don't owe him anything. And we go on our, we go on our separate ways. Wow.
0: I've never, yeah, I never thought of it like that.
1: Me neither. I mean, until just now, but there's just like a ton of subconscious stuff going on when you think about money and value and who's contributing what. And it, it again. I mean, it's subconscious, so people don't uh, people don't pay attention to it, and then resentment in the couple can build up on on both sides, whether it's at the beginning of the relationship or the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know. It's, again, we're just trying to facilitate the the conversation.
0: Your fiance is from Madrid, and you're rolling this app. Out from Boston to Barcelona. When it comes to dating and spending, have you seen a difference culturally or lifestyle-wise when you were living in Madrid?
1: Yeah, honestly, like th- there, I think there is a different cultural norm between here in Spain. Um, I think it's almost like a stigma here. Basically, put it like this: like my fiance started. Asking and actively, uh, and actively pursuing contributing much earlier than I had expected and earlier than any of the American girls that I had dated before. I think, you know, this, the Spanish or maybe I don't know if this is specific to Spain or all of Europe, but I think the culture there is much more like I'm independent. I can take care of myself. We should both contribute because we're both independent and can both take care of ourselves. So let's both take care of this partnership and relationship that we're developing
0: okay this is really interesting to me because you're saying that relationships and dating and the divorce rate is being set up and the culture is changing from young people and younger people are amassing wealth earlier and seem to be driving this need for convenience or or your app so why is your app cutting edge or in trend would you say
1: Well, there's really just not another way to do it. I mean, there are ways, like I said, there are ways to do it, but we're just going to offer this like set it and forget it and automated functionality that doesn't really exist in the market right now. Um, We're the first people to do this. We're the first business that's thinking about the challenges that couples are having early and and, you know throughout their relationship and saying, hey, we want to fix those problems like we want to make that easier we don't want one partner to be buried in a spreadsheet for two hours every week or every two weeks
0: right right you know we,
1: we don't want to make it a manual time-consuming uh hard to do process we want to make it an easy automatic simple straightforward tr- uh, uh transparent right like we just want to facilitate those hard conversations and provide a tool that allows people to do that in an easier way
0: Okay. Well I love this. And and so now my last question, because you are so cutting edge and you start you're starting something that's never been done. This is the first of its kind. And because you're early starting this, people are like, What are you doing? Like they're just is there a need for this? I do see this. I know dating. I do see that there's a need for this, especially for new couples and that six month-ish mark when people are moving in and all those you know, tears and heartbreak and
1: totally. Well, yeah, I mean, to to that point too. Like, I know you're going to ask a question, but if I may just interject briefly.
0: Sure. No, um, I was just thinking about like Brenda and Eddie. You know, the song is like they were the popular steady until you know the bill came from Sears or you know whatever the lyrics are to the song. I mean, it's true. It's like they didn't once the the heartbreak comes with the bills and the hardships. That's when
1: that is. A, that's a sick reference. <laughs> Honestly, and I get it too, by the way, because I'm a classic rock junkie. So you're in good company. That's sweet. <laughs>
0: it's true. I love Billy Joel. You got you to gotta love him. But, oh, um, same, same. So good. So I love how you are using, you could identify a need, like classic entrepreneur. Oh, so sorry. Before I went into my um, Brenner and anything, what were you going to say before Summer that?
1: Summer 79. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, this is like not just for for younger couples too. Like I wanted to point that out. You know, like I have uh, people in my life who are co-parenting and uh, who are also on their like second relationship, you know, post-divorce, more in like the 50 to 60 age range. And, you know, they just spent the, the better part of the past year or two going through legalese to untangle their finances in personal life. Yeah, and, and now they're back out there and they've got a significant other. And I would venture to guess that the last thing they want to do, despite being in another new committed relationship, right? I, you know, they they are in love again, right? But they will probably never, ever get another joint bank account just because of how brutally painful it's been to get out of the last one. Yeah. So, this is for this is for them too. I mean, arguably more than the the young couples. I agree. Cuz they've experienced the full circle.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm part of that club. But we I think each couple navigates comes up with a solution on its own. Like in my house I'm not allowed to go to the mailbox because <laughs> I can't be responsible to pay that bill. You know, I just, that's not my wheelhouse. I'm a creative person. I'm just not good at numbers. So he handles it. We work together as far as where we're at. Like I sent him that text about the car bill that I just got, you know, but everyone kind of fixes those issues within their relationship. And wrapping up, what is your big plans for this app? And how do you feel that you can fix the problems and have more successful relationships because of this ingenious product.
1: Let's see. So the big, I mean, what I love about this in particular is that like we are really helping, uh, we're really helping people, you know, and I felt like I sort of sold my soul to the devil for the early stage of my career because the stuff that I was selling was really just not helping people. You know, it was like helping businesses, and mm-hmm. the people at those businesses but it was like really not you know i'm not saving lives by any means and i think like probably the furthest thing from it and so for this it's super i mean what's in what's inviting to me is that we're working with uh first of all consumers and couples and people like real people and they are if they're coming to us they are having a problem or a challenge uh, in their relationship, in their household, in their, you know, family that they're building. And I just hope that we can help them. And honestly, like, I really think that we can, so that that's the big plan. Like I will consider this a success, even if we, you know, get it in the hands of a few hundred couples and then something happens, you know, like just being able to be, uh, embedded in people's most sort of taboo, topic in their relationship and try and make it easier and less tense and less stressful and just a, just a more attainable hurdle to get over. That's, that's what I think is most exciting to me about, uh, you know, about what we're doing.
0: I love it. I love people who do great things in the world and add value. And I would disagree. I do think you're saving lives because (laughs) (laughs) in some cases, potentially. yeah, (laughs) your health, your health, If your relationship is ending and you have a lot of financial stress, it affects your health and well-being. So I think this is a super positive, amazing, inspiring thing that you're doing. And Thank Tucker, you. I'm cheering you on. And I hope you come back after you launch. Tell the listeners when you're launching and where they can find you on social media.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we i mean, I'd be happy to come back. First of all, just to hit that right head on. We um <laughs> We're targeting the launch in the spring. Um, So fingers crossed, everything goes according to plan. The one thing one of my old CEOs used to say is, the one thing we know about the plan is that the plan is always wrong. (laughs) So optimistically hoping for a spring launch, you can, uh, you know, we do have a wait list. One of the fun things that we're doing for the people that hear about us and believe in us early on is we're offering uh, the product for free for our first 500 users. So we have a wait list on our website It's smooth S-M-O-O-V dot app and get over there, sign up for the wait list and yeah, you'll be a free, free customer for as long as you need to be. Uh, we're also on social media at smooth app on Instagram and, Ooh, we've almost got 800 followers now. So we're kind of getting there and then smooth app at smooth app on Twitter. And I think it's smooth finance on Facebook because Facebook.
0: Awesome. So,
1: but yeah, but- sign up for the wait list, check us out. we we'll, we keep pushing up updates, about the product on there. And then, you know, we're, we're trying to get more active on social media to start to build the hype before we launch.
0: Love it. So making smooths Tucker. I love this. Well, thanks so much. Hello. For your- <laughs> thanks so much for your time <laughs> today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. This is awesome. Appreciate it. i will be happy to come back. Great.
0: And for now, this week, Shot at Love Dating Tips, which are inspired by our guest Tucker Cohen. Number one, financial infidelity or dishonesty about your spending or debt could be the biggest relationship killer. Couples can't come up with a solution if the other person doesn't know the truth. Number two, don't be an oversharer in the early stages of dating. Save those stories for your hairdresser. Loose lips. Think ships. Don't be complaining about your crushing student debt on your first date, and the same goes for sharing information about that large trust fund you may have acquired. Number three, don't let money ruin your relationship. Stay open to talking about finances regularly and making things easier for yourself by using an app like Smooth. Number four, wealth comes in many categories like freedom, peace, health, and happiness. I like to think that being rich isn't about what you have in the bank, it's what you have in your heart. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.